Okay, hi. So, uh, welcome to this episode of the Open Aperture podcast, which uh, is not actually brought to you by Mike. It's brought to you by me. Sam. Sam. <laughs> How do I introduce myself without <laughs> sounding strange? <laughs> or without introducing myself in the third person? Um, uh, yeah, so I'm Sam Bowes. And I'm Hannah Bowes. Hannah Bowes. And um, some of you may know of us already from our YouTube channel. So um, we have uh, a YouTube channel. It's called Sam and Hannah Bowes Photography. Yep. Or you can look us up on bowesphotography.co.uk, which is our website. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Mike for actually asking us to do this podcast. Um, it's something we've been thinking about doing for a little while anyway, is maybe starting a podcast. So um, it was really nice actually to get the invitation because it, it sort of gave us sort of kick up the rear as it were to actually give it a go and, and try and record something. Um, and in this podcast, what we thought we'd do is we'd, we'd actually talk about um, a recent trip which we made to New Zealand, um, which for anyone who follows us on YouTube will have already hopefully seen some of the videos which we recorded whilst we were in New Zealand, but actually there's a lot of stuff which didn't make it into. Yeah, there were four videos on YouTube. Um, so, to start off, with, we thought we'd sort of talk about why we ended up going to New Zealand in the first place. So, um, it, the trip really came about uh, by accident. So for those of you who don't know, I work as a scientist um, at the University of Oxford, and um, one of the sort of joys of my job, in a way, is that we quite often get sent to places either to conferences or collaborations. One of the perks, I suppose, is that um, I do get to travel quite a bit. Um, and actually, last year, uh, we'd originally planned to go to Iceland. Um, so if you've seen our YouTube videos from Iceland, we, we went to Iceland in... When was it? Yeah, 2018. 2018, yeah. yeah. Um, and we absolutely fell in love with Iceland, and we thought, actually, we, we had planned to go back to Iceland. We told our YouTube viewers that we were going to be going <laughs> yeah. to go back. Yeah. We did a, what we're going to do for 2019. We did. <laughs> we did. And one of the things was going back to Iceland. Back to and we were literally just about to book flights to go to Iceland uh, when my boss called me aside and said, um, we've got these collaborators in New Zealand. Do you fancy going to New Zealand? So um, obviously we said yes, um, because New Zealand had actually been on, I guess, my bucket list. Um, I'm sure many photographers have a bucket list of locations they would like to visit to photograph and certainly New Zealand was very high on my my list and we'd sort of thought hadn't we that we'd probably go to New Zealand at some stage anyway well I've got a good friend who's um, from New Zealand so I think the plan had been to go out and see her when she moved back there but... Yeah, so we, we had thought probably within the next sort of few years or so we'd make it out, New out to New Zealand and I've got friends in New Zealand I wanted to visit anyway but um, obviously my boss sort of offering to, uh, well, uh, the way it would work is that my flights would be paid for and obviously we'd have to pay for Hannah's flights um, but it was just too good an opportunity to miss so we thought well we'll go to New Zealand and, and my boss said oh you can take um, a week off afterwards as holiday so it just seems like the perfect excuse to, to go to New Zealand. Um, so it's amazing in one sense because you know, it, uh, it was my work were paying for my flights, but in, in some ways it actually ended up as a little bit of a drawback as well, didn't it? I don't, yeah. 
don't mean to sound sort of disingenuous about the fact that I was being sent to New Zealand, but it did mean that we didn't have as much time to spend in New Zealand as we had originally planned to when we thought we'd go there for photography. Um, it meant that we only really had seven days to travel around and do photography. It put us under a little bit of a, a time restraint, which wasn't ideal. Um, and as will come out, that sort of was a little bit problematic in the end, because ideally, when Hannah and I go away for trips, we like to try and spend a good few days in each location, ideally, so that hopefully there'll be a gap in the weather that will then mean that we can, you know, hopefully maximise our chances of having good conditions to photograph a location. But because we were there um, for just short periods of time, such a short period of time, we only really had a few, had, uh, so for instance, in one location, we only had one day in that location. And of course, the weather wasn't great, so it, it, it made things a little bit more difficult. Um, but the other sort of limitation was that it wasn't at the best time of year which meant that so when we went, it was just kind of actually at it the end of... It was their springtime, really. Yeah, very early springtime, so it was effectively still end of winter out there, mm. um, which wasn't perfect. It meant that weather was a bit of a challenge. Um, so that was one sort of thing which made life a little bit difficult for us at times. Um, but without meaning to dwell too much on, on that, at the same time, it probably we wouldn't have gone to New Zealand for a good few years anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was a great excuse to, to, to get out there and, and, and see the place. And obviously New Zealand's just a, a beautiful place anyway to go and photograph. The landscape is stunning. Um, and also there were some opportunities for wildlife. Uh, yes, the so Sam was working for the first week, um, which meant I was self-entertaining for that time. Mm -hmm. um, I did a few things, but the the main, the lasting memory, the, the best day, was visiting a, a gannet colony. And um, it was rather impromptu. I, um, I hired a car, like, organising it at 5 or 6 o'clock p.m. the night before to pick it mm. up first thing the next morning. And, yeah. Um, so this was sort of occupying you whilst I was at work in, in Auckland, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. And, yeah, the weather was... <laughs> well, the reason I booked the car for that day was that I was meant to be taking a ferry to one of the islands. Um, got a phone call from the ferry company saying it was going to be too windy so the, the ferries wouldn't be running. Um, so instead I decided to go to the coast where there's lots of sand <laughs> which yeah. in hindsight was not maybe on, on a windy day <laughs> um, I came back completely covered in black sand mm -hmm. um, and, and so one of my sort of pet fears I guess is getting sand into equipment because I've, we've mm, had that before yeah. where I had the bright idea of doing some photography on a beach in Scotland in, in the wind and we had to send our lens off to, to Canon to go and get the yeah. sand out of it so, um, yeah, how did you cope with that? Um, so, actually, there was some construction work going on on the path. To, so, with the Gannet Colony, you have viewing platforms. You're only allowed um, in certain places. You can't, can't obviously walk straight up to nesting birds um, off the path. And so this path had some construction work. And that actually meant that they had big... Plyboards, um, 
which basically acted like a wind shelter. Mm. I was actually amazed. I was the only photographer there who then hid behind. So I was sat behind the one of the wind boards, or well, one of the ply boards that acted as a wind shelter, and made sure that I wasn't pointing the camera into the direction of the wind. I was always um, so basically the lens wouldn't get sandblasted um, and yeah I was amazed that I was the only person who thought <laughs> to do that uh, everyone else was just getting blasted away <laughs> it's, it's probably because you're the only British person <laughs> the stereotypical British photographer hiding behind the boards yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so for anyone who doesn't who, who follows our channel you'll know that we kind of divide between the two of us don't we because my interest is landscape photography as yours is wildlife yes yeah. um, so it, you were very keen to try some wildlife photography whilst I was working yes that week yeah how did you find photographing the gannets was it something you would do again because obviously we've got gannet colonies here in the UK yes yeah I mean that's that was exactly my thought process actually was um, when I was looking up things to do in New Zealand um, and I saw that there was this gannet colony very conveniently near to Auckland my actual, my first response was well we've got gannets in the UK and I want to see New Zealand's creatures mm. penguins yeah exactly but um, yeah which is goes back to the idea of it being an impromptu trip it, it just that day I was like no I, I do want to go and see the gannets um, and I really enjoyed it I and it's then started the idea of a project of going to see different gannet colonies in the UK um, I'm planning to go sometime in the spring up to Bempton Cliffs which is I've looked it up it's only a four-hour drive away from where we live um, so yes, it, it has genuinely started a new project in me, which I, I knew at the time, you know, yeah. I, I was there thinking, I'm getting excited, thinking yeah. this could be the start of me photographing something other than brown hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the other thing which you'll know if you followed our channel is, is we have a slight brown hair obsession. <laughs> Which occasionally we diversify into mountain hares. Exactly. Um, yes. But it's very sort of hair dominated, hair, hair isn't dominated. it? So it'd be nice to find an animal other than hares yeah. to photograph. Did you actually take any photos that day that you were happy with? Um, I haven't edited any. This <laughs> <laughs> is one of the troubles. So we actually we got. Where, what are we now? We're now end of January. We got back. Um, was it November? We got back, or was it October? Yeah. First of November. First of November. Yeah, it was. It was first of November. Um, and I've still got mountains of images which I've not edited. Mm. Um, it's just finding the time to do it is always is always a bit of a pain. That's something I'm terrible at. There is. Yeah. If I'm if I don't do it straight away, I'll just not edit. Yeah. <laughs> but you also you mentioned to me when you went to the Gannet Gannet the Gannet the Gannet colony that um, you said that the angle to photograph them at was not yes, ideal. Yeah, I'd um, looked up, I basically, I try and get down to eye level with um, well, any of my wildlife photography really and I'd already guessed from some videos I'd seen on YouTube of this particular colony that the viewing platforms were looking down on the gannets and 
that was exactly the problem there that um yes you can see them yes they're absolutely beautiful birds and that ritual they do when greeting when a, one of the pair comes back from a little fishing trip and they they greet each other i saw that and that was brilliant but um in terms of the actual photography you kind of have this human domineering angle if you if you're looking down on your wildlife in the mm. in the photo it it's yeah it, yeah it's yeah definitely most of my sort of favorite types of wildlife photography are all eye level mm. um, and that just wasn't at that um, particular place wasn't conducive to it mm. but, um, well maybe when you go to Bempton or see at Bempton yeah, yeah there are yeah. loads of others well not loads of others there are a scattering of other colonies some up in Scotland yeah, so, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely do Bempton Cliffs this year yeah so after that first week in Auckland obviously I was I was working that week so I didn't do any photography but then we we flew to the South Island so because, because we only had a short amount of time we'd actually planned uh, a sort of itinerary, it was quite a tight itinerary, uh, where we were staying in a few different hotels, or B&Bs in one case, in the South Island. And we started off in Queenstown. Um, to just give you an idea of, of New Zealand, so you've got sort of the fjordlands in the south, which is where you have Milford Sound. The west of the country is quite mountainous, so you have um, the Southern Alps, and they stretch up the west, the west of the country, and then the the east of the country's flatter. So our itinerary, the, the, the places, the, the main sort of shop that I wanted to get in New Zealand was Milford Sound. That was my priority from the photography point of view. Um, and when we when we plan our trips, like I said, we like to give ourselves ideally a few days in a location where we, which we definitely know we want to get a photograph from. So we've given ourselves um, a few days, it was four nights staying in a place called uh, Teanu. <laughs> not <laughs> uh, pronounced Teanel. Teanel. So, so in the YouTube video, uh, I always say Teanel, and I was told off by our New Zealand friend for mispronunciation. Co co corrected. She, co she, uh, corrected, yeah. She, um, having moved to England, also suffered with pronunciation, pronunciation. of our... Yeah. Of our weird place name. Yeah, so so you'll notice in, in the last video in a voiceover I say Teanu, and in all of the videos it's always Teanau. <laughs> so apologies to anyone from New Zealand for the mispronunciation, it's Teanu apparently, I've been told. Um, so we had a few nights down there, the idea being hopefully we'll have a gap in the weather where we'll, we'd have good conditions to drive out to Milford Sound. It was still about a, uh, it was two hour drive. Two hours, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that was the closest place which had a B and B that we could stay in to get to Milford Sound. And in the end, we were really pleased we gave ourselves that amount of time down there because actually, for all the other evenings that we were there, um, they actually closed the road. So the road out to Milford Sound uh, goes through some very steep valleys which are very prone to landslides. So. If the weather's bad, as it was for most of the time we were there, they closed that road and you can't get out there. Um, but fortunately, in that amount of time we were there, we had one evening when they kept the road open, so we managed to make it down to Milford Sound. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely go and check out the video of Milford Sound if you want to see the photos that we took there. But uh, it, it suffice to say we, we were really lucky that particular evening because we had a wonderful sunset and it was just beautiful. 
Um, but before that, we'd started our tour of the South Island in Queenstown. And we did actually have two nights in Queenstown, but only one day in between those two nights. Um, and that was really, I guess, sort of summing up the drawback for us of not having a huge amount of time to spend in the location, because on that one day, although the day started well and the weather started off looking really promising, um, in my mind what I wanted to do on that day was go to a place called Paradise. And Paradise is near a town called Glenorchy, and it's a, it's a gorgeous place. If anyone is a... a a scene of the Lord of the Rings films, and you're familiar with Isengard, where uh, they have the tower. Basically, the, the scenes, obviously, it's computer generated, but the mountains that they have around Isengard, that actually is uh, paradise. They use paradise as, as as the backdrop. And so, I'd wanted to go and photograph paradise because it was just it just looked amazing. Um, and, and you had one of your worst photography days. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it quite came across in the video, because we, this, again, there's a YouTube video of this, but um, for me, actually, I'd say that moment out there was probably one of the lowest points mm. I've ever had in landscape photography. And the reason, the reason was, I feel I should probably explain this, when we, during the daytime, when we were driving out there, um, we'd had amazing conditions. It was broken cloud, fairly low-lying cloud, but it was broken and no patches of blue. And for me, when I'm photographing mountains, that's kind of the ideal conditions that I, I want because I like having bits of wisps of cloud around mountain peaks. Um, I feel that those make the nicest sort of mountain images. Um, and the weather was absolutely perfect during the day, and we started to hike out to this, this place in Paradise, and I could see the mountains, and they are dramatic mountains. Um, absolutely beautiful, and it just looked stunning. And we were starting to hike out, and there's this curvy river heading up the valley with the mountains behind it, and I was thinking, right, I know the shot that I want to get, and the conditions are looking fantastic. And as we were walking up the path, there was this wall, of weather yeah. that moved down the valley behind me and it, it it wasn't just rain it was hail and visibility just suddenly dropped and I didn't actually get that on film um, that weather moving in because we didn't have time it was just within a few minutes it went from beautiful conditions to zero visibility and bucketing down with hail yeah. and we had to beat a hasty retreat and head back to the car and it was I guess for me, going out to New Zealand, it's a long way to go, and I had in my mind these images that I wanted to get, and and we would only have one opportunity to photograph this particular location in New Zealand. It may have been the only time that I ever go there in my life. And to sort of see that view, just about half an hour before golden hour, just suddenly disappear, and having not got any photographs of it, was mm. just... A little bit soul destroying, um, and then sort of for the next few days, then it was bad weather, and so it was, it was kind of hard to get my head around the idea that we were out in New Zealand, and and I guess I put myself under quite a lot of pressure, thinking I'm going to New Zealand, it's going to be amazing places to photograph. Yes, there's a chance the weather's going to be bad, but I'll be able to make the most of it and be able to get some images, whatever. 
And actually for those first few days, I don't think I really came away with any images that I was really that happy with. Um, and it wasn't until the trip to Milford Sound when all of a sudden the, the weather cleared and we got an amazing shot. And it's that kind of swings and roundabouts thing with landscape photography where at one moment you, you just feel so down about missing the opportunity, mm. especially if you only have one opportunity at a particular location to photograph it and you may never go back there again. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. And for me, that was actually quite... It was definitely the low point of the trip, but it was also a very hard thing for me to deal with, I found. I don't think that came across so much in the YouTube video. Mm. I think just partly because much... I was in such a bad mood, I didn't want to stick my camera on Oh, myself. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just goes to show how much you care that you... You yeah. want those, but you know, it's yeah. that sense of achievement of, yeah. yes, I have managed to get that photo that I wanted yeah. and to have it within your grasp and then take and it then away. And then disappear, yeah. It would be unnatural not to be upset mm. by that. And if that happens in the UK, I know I can go back. I mean, it happened mm. to us when we were up in the northwest of Scotland, but we, we go up there probably yeah. once a year or so, so we know we'd probably get that opportunity again. Um, personally, I don't know when or if we'll be going back to New Zealand. Um, you know, if the opportunity presents itself again, of course I'd love to, but it's um, it's just a kind of once-in-a-lifetime thing, potentially. So so it was quite hard to deal with. Um, and that was sort of where, where I'm coming at from talking about how it was difficult having such a limited amount of time there, because I, in an ideal world, we'd have given ourselves two weeks in the South Island, at least, of New Zealand, and hopefully would have given ourselves a better chance of at least having a, a few good hours in each in each location of, of good conditions. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the low point. Um, but it turned around once yeah, we got to Milford point, Sound. The, yeah, the turning point was the Fjordland. Mm. Um, and overall, you know, we came away with some fantastic images from mm. the trip. Um, but we did have, we had a few days in the south down at uh, Teanu. Um, we did a trip to Milford Sound. We had a very wet trip around Doubtful Sound, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, and actually, that that didn't make it into any of our, our videos, um, because it was actually, it was such a grey day. Uh, we did film it, but there wasn't any sound, because there was sound from the boat during the whole trip, so we, we didn't have any sound. But we did did film it, but everything came out looking so grey on, on the video, but we haven't actually put together a video of that trip. Um, but some of the photos from there are again in the list of photos I've not got round to editing yet. Um, but that was absolutely beautiful. And if you ever go to New Zealand, I'd highly recommend Doubtful Sound, which I'd say in many ways was more impressive than Milford Sound. Oh yes, <laughs> um, definitely. But yeah, it was that was beautiful. And then for the last part of the trip, we headed up to Mount Cook. And Mount Cook, again, was a, a place which was definitely somewhere which I was really looking forward to photographing. And another place where the weather kind of got in the way a little bit, shall we say. So we had two nights at Mount Cook, and in all of that time, if, you've ever, if, if, if you ever have a chance to Google Mount Cook into Google Images, it will come up with lots of beautiful images of this amazing mountain. It's the highest mountain in New Zealand and um, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's got glacier lakes below it and there's a glacier running down from it and it's stunning. 
two days there we didn't see any of it. <laughs> It was and Sam telling me the mountain should be yeah, the mountain there. should be behind that cloud, and we didn't see any of it. And then a friend of mine went back a few weeks later, and she sent her posted her photos taken on her phone of Mount Crook in the sunshine, and I was like, ah, yeah, um, yeah. never mind. Um, but having said that, I'd say some of the best photographs which I took away from the trip came, came from there. My we, favorite of your photos were all. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My favourite of those photos actually was uh, it's a big panoramic that we took. So basically, on 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 our first morning in Mount Cook, we went out to this uh, spot by uh, uh, Lake Tasman, and um, Lake Tasman is a is is one of these sort of glacier lakes that gets icebergs in it, and a lot of people go down and photograph the icebergs. It's a little bit like uh, Jokulsalon. Um, in Iceland. From, in Iceland, um, in that you've got the, the lumps of ice floating about in the blue water. Um, but we actually headed down there for sunrise one morning, and that was our only kind of... It turned out to be our only gap in the weather. We didn't know that at the time, that that was going to be the case. But we just had a few minutes where the sun just hit the clouds and turned them all pink, and it was absolutely mm -hmm. breathtaking. It was amazing. Um, but <laughs> I almost... Killed, well, we both almost killed ourselves trying to get to that position because we judged the timing of slightly yeah. misjudged the timing. Yeah, um, I think any landscape photographer knows what that's like. <laughs> um, we arrived uh, at the car park for this place just as the light was turning amazing, and we had to, I can't remember how far it was, but it was about it was it, it felt like quite a climb up these steps to get to the viewpoint. And I literally ran up there, carrying. Yeah, ca I couldn't. So. Carrying two camera bags because <laughs> Hannah died halfway up. Yep. So I, I ran up these stairs carrying two camera bags. One of our camera bags weighs ten kilos um, normally. Yes. Um, and I, I, they didn't both weigh twenty kilos, but it was quite a heavy load to have to have to run up there with. And I got to the top wrapped the, the camera on the tripod and took this shot which was a panoramic um, panoramic shot of, of the valley and I was so pleased that I made that effort and then even though I wasn't capable of filming anything by the time I got to the top because I was coughing and spluttering and, and clearly not <laughs> fit enough for this kind of exercise <laughs> literally almost died <laughs> Um, trying to get it, but it was just so worth it because that photo is definitely my favourite photo from the whole trip. And I, I took a few photos there, and you took some photos too. And yeah, um, yeah, uh, and that was that was absolutely um, amazing. Um, but yeah, please do go and check out the video on YouTube because it's it's one thing trying to describe these photos to you on a podcast, and um, obviously it's worth looking at them. So, yeah, the, the video's on, on our YouTube channel. You haven't put that one on Instagram, have you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't work I've, so well. I am useless at Instagram. <laughs> I've, uh, oh, Instagram's one of my pet hates. I, I, I do it because I have to now and again, but I, I can't remember what's gone on on Instagram. It does, it also, it's a panoramic, and Instagram doesn't like no. panoramics, so no, that one's not up there. It's on our website, though. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what would you say was your highlight, the Gannett? Yes, I, I, I would say that the trip to the Gannets was the lasting highlight because 
it's then set up this idea in me that I want to photograph gannets. In terms of my actual enjoyment, in terms of when did it most feel like a holiday, I'd say that we stayed in a really nice hotel in <laughs> Queenstown. Um, yeah, that was... That's, that hotel was stunning. Um, yeah, absolutely Shall we name them? Should we do a shout out to the Bravis Hotel in <laughs> Queenstown. If you were ever staying in Queenstown, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, that, yeah. that hotel is me. So <laughs> that's the other thing. Obviously, the sensible thing to do if you're going to photograph New Zealand is to book a, a camper van and drive around, and then you can just sort of follow the weather. And you also can stay the night at these places as well. You don't have to drive two hours to get to Milford Sound. You can just park up at Milford Sound. Um, and, and stay there. So there's a lot to be said for doing things that way. Um, but this was a holiday as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess one of, one of the things that Hannah and I, when we're doing these trips, what we like... So we're very fortunate in a way because we're a married couple who have a shared passion of photography. It's not like we have to have a holiday and then have photo trips. And if we, we combine were, the two. We can, we can combine the two. And our holidays are always kind of based around photography um which we're very <laughs> is, is a very fortunate situation mm. to be in um because if i if we were just doing it for a photo trip then it probably makes more sense to rough it a little bit and stay in camper vans and that sort of thing which we're not averse to doing we do a lot of wild camping in up mountains and that sort of stuff but when we're on holiday you know we do like to have you know after a cold wet day it's nice to come back to a nice hotel we, we learnt that in Iceland, especially with the cold. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice to to know. It kind of gives you extra reserves, really. If you know that if you, no matter how cold you get, yeah, there's a nice warm hotel waiting for you. Yeah, it worked really well in Iceland, actually, because there were times when we'd go out for a few hours in the morning and it was below freezing, and then we'd come back to a hotel and we'd get warm and we'd have some food and we'd have some rest and... Yeah. Um, just chill out for a little bit before then going out again in the evening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's just how we like to do these things. Um, and so that's what we did in New Zealand. Mm. And and that, again, is why we normally like to give ourselves at least two nights, but ideally more, in each location with a hotel as our base. Because then it means we can, we can try and maximise our chances of having good conditions in, in, mm. in that time. Um, whereas, of course, if it was strictly only about photography and the be and getting the best photos was purely the, the main reason for doing it, then yes, camping and um, mobile homes or camper vans, that kind of thing, makes well, sense. Like when we went up to Scotland and um, we stayed in a youth hostel, and that made perfect sense because we were getting up before dawn, you know, in a way, if you're not staying somewhere, you don't want to pay... A large amount of money to stay in a nice hotel and then you have to skip the breakfast because mm. you're up a mountain so yeah no yeah we do stay cheap places as well so. yeah yeah so what were your favorites my favorite i i guess um i guess milford sound was was the high point for me because it marked that turning point from when i'd generally been feeling a little bit dejected because the weather, the weather had been, and it takes a lot for weather to get me down. Um, I'm originally from the north of Scotland, so I'm used to bad weather. Um, and I always try and look at the positive spin on this, and actually I think bad weather frequently makes for better photographs. 
but by that stage I felt like I'd been to a couple of locations which I'd had in my mind photos I wanted to take and I hadn't managed to get them and that starts to wear you down a little bit but by the, the sunset at Milford Sound was the turning point for me that was just perfect because it was everything was right about it I could just relax I had the camera out I knew I, I got the composition sorted I'd arrived there in plenty of time I hadn't had to run up any hills <laughs> it was all just going smoothly so that was for me I guess the high point um, and then I guess photographically that morning in Mount Cook mm. was the high point and certainly my favorite photographs from the trip came from that morning in Mount Cook although at the time like I say um, I probably didn't actually enjoy it that much <laughs> at the time because I was half dead um, but yeah certainly in hindsight photographically that was that was my mm. high point but yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic trip. Like a, a, you know, it it would have been nice to have had two weeks out there, but as it was, I think we made the most of it in the time yes. that we had. Mm. And um, the scenery there is just—it's another world. It really is. It's just so beautiful. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get to go back there one day. Mm. So anyway, um, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, podcast. Um, we're going to end it there. And thanks again to Mike for inviting us to do this. Um, I hope we haven't lost you all of your subscribers in the process. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like like I say, we, we we have a YouTube channel. We've been doing it a couple of years now. Last year was a very quiet year for us, but we're starting to try and ramp it up a, a bit a gear this year uh, again. So please do come and check us out on on YouTube. It's uh, Sam and Hannah Bowes photography or you can go to our website bosephotography.co.uk and that's it for another podcast thank you very much for listening and thank you to sam and hannah for sharing your thoughts on your journey and what a trip of a lifetime that was if you're interested in hearing some more podcasts openapertorepodcast.co.uk is the website thanks very much and i'll see you on the next one